Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast, bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Mike and Zach. How are you gentlemen doing? Um, I'm doing pretty good. I, uh, unlike some other people, I don't have to play my round one match in the Vader League. Yes, I, I do in fact have to play round one. I do not get a buy like, uh, Mike, because Mike beat me in, in our round robin group. Thanks for reminding me. But we did, did both make elims, so very thankful for that. With um, barks. We can beat you with barks. Yes, he did. <laughs> And uh, wait, wait, can I'm not sure. I, I didn't hear that. Could you could you just say uh, that for our listeners at home? Uh, beat you with barks. Uh. Never happen again. Okay. <laughs> Never happen again. Um <laughs> anyway, we already talked about that. We're moving on. Uh both Mike and I are in Elims. I have literally no idea what I'm running. Um Mike might, but I'm sure he's not gonna talk about it. So it's an uh, accurate statement. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, our lists are due what monday sunday yeah you'll, you'll hear about it next week on the cast yeah yeah sure. um reminder to everyone else in elims um your lists are due this weekend get them to nema yeah uh that's it for invader my last game was was interesting you guys i don't know if you watched it did you guys watch I, it i caught tidbits of it um Yes, like, like I did. Me. In fact, I remember frantically texting Zach, like, yeah. oh my God, Kyle's going to blow it. Oh my God, Kyle's going to blow it. He um, did. He I did not me, blow it. He told me the situation. He was like, yeah, Kyle, Kyle's not looking hot. I'm like, what, what's going on? He's like, well, he's got payload against two Saber users. I was like, oh, yeah, that doesn't sound great. And I was like, what did Kyle bring? He's like, uh, Maul and some B1s. But he's going up against Dooku and Maul. And as we've learned, sometimes two you know, copies of force push can really create a problem. Even, even when you have one copy on the other side. Right. Um, and I took him and it, it looked a little hairy for a little bit, but yeah, he pulled it out. Luckily Mike prepared me for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was able, I was able to uh, install the proper programming. Um, this You're time. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, and um, shout out, shout out to uh, who you guys played sketchy mortars. Shout out to Sketchy, who's uh, probably one of the craziest human beings, I think, uh, on, the pl- on the face of planet Earth, who decided to play both of you guys uh, on the same day. Yeah. Uh, first of all, <laughs> he did. First of all he did. multiple games of Legion in a day is like one thing. Multiple games of Legion on TTS in a day is another thing. Multiple, multiple games of Legion on TTS against you two guys is a whole different ballgame. So, like, I don't know. If you were taking crazy pills that day, there sketchy mortars. I don't know whatever you were taking that day. I'd like some. He's uh, a he's a, he's a crazy a tough, decision. A tough dude. No, it's yeah. props he, props to you props to you, sketchy. He, and he was he was a gentle, like, gentleman of an our, opponent. So. After my game, I would have canceled the game I had with you because <laughs> he he like infiltrated mall and like I I fire supported him with like twenty dice as the first act uh, for the game and he died he, he died before he did anything. And what an underused like... ability! <laughs> it's um, so good. It so really good. is. I wouldn't say it's underused. I think it might be misunderstood. Underappreciated? Yeah, underappreciated. Probably. I don't know. If I can ever hit a force user that doesn't have a dodge token with it, like I'm doing it. Yeah. 
you know. I mean, if you can ever hit a force user that doesn't have a dodge token, period, you do it. That's what that's what I mean, right? Yeah. Like it's just like if if it if it comes up and and you've got you're in range and you can do the thing and they can't react, like yep. take the shot, you know. Mm-hmm. I've got a new slash scouting party, still gives. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That was the only reason I was able to set that up. I'm not sure he saw the the Rex Scout fire support play with, uh, because like generally speaking, you don't play ambush turn one if you're playing like Rex Star, but with direct these days, um, and fives, setting that up is pretty easy. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, 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 it's interesting. The uh, the tools of Rexstar have definitely changed, but they are still very good tools. They're just different tools. Yeah, aim yeah. tokens, good. <laughs> well, it's not just aim tokens. Like, there's always been aim tokens, but take back clankers is still good. Arcs are still great. Um, but now you have fives for fire support shenanigans, for extra tokens, for extra beef. Um, so, yeah, it's. And now you have probably more aim tokens because you're taking offensive push instead of Overwatch. So yeah, or you're, or you're throwing like fives in like a phase one with like a specialist. Yeah. Would you Would you like some aim tokens with your aim tokens? Yeah. Um, yes, please. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's a good list. Oh, the map pool's out too. It's um, uh, what is it? Fugly industrial, um, improbable settlement. Uh, brought to you by Kyle Dorman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three three of the maps were made by me. Uh three of the six. The other ones were made by Droids Rule and by Brad Nerfly. To Kyle's credit. So, to Kyle's credit. Those maps are fairly good because they feel like what a map probably should feel like, right? So okay. like as, okay. as much as we can rag on they, they have the fundamentals that you want to see in a map, right? You know? Yep. So. Fundamentals. There you go. They're nothing flashy. Yeah. They're, they're they're not super pretty but uh no not they look like much. a real table and um, yeah and every all the terrain is in the right places so <laughs> it's all you can ask for that's the limit of my abilities really um simple's good man simple's good mm-hmm. yeah uh navarro's in there castle scarif and um i missed one anyway outpost 41 Yes. Yeah, for those that are familiar with TTS maps, those are the six. They're all solid maps if you want to check them out on the mod. They're linked somewhere on the Discord, I'm sure. So, yeah, I look forward to uh, seeing the lists. I'm not going to lie. Me too, including yeah. mine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see where lists end up. I'm curious to see where bids end up. Uh, uh, I'm sure we're going to have to probably have Bushman mm-hmm. on at some point after single aliens and talks and numbers and crunching numbers and see yep. where it all goes but yeah i mean uh, he's in aliens too so he is yeah. yep yeah, yeah so who's uh, he playing first round oracle oracle i think it's yeah. not it's not the same spelling of oracle you're used to it's like or, oracle with like al oh yeah i got it yeah, yeah i see okay um cool well good luck to you john also uh john our stats guy the stats guy <laughs> stats um, guy Actually, the stats guys. If you if you subscribe to Bell Lost Souls, they uh, <laughs> referenced him that way in the plural. They just assumed his work was so complex, complicated and impressive that uh, it must be multiple people. Um, all right. Anyway, let's talk about our main topic tonight, which is so we we've done Empire Core, we've done Rebel Core, 
We're going to move on to Druid slash Separatist Core. Bane of my existence. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Zach. I hate you <laughs> once. I hate them. They're so pretty, though. They're so good. They're so good. Can we just talk about real quick? I know this is a tactic segment, but how ridiculously easy the, the droid units are to paint. I know that they are a pain in the butt to assemble. I'm sorry. I, I wouldn't know. I haven't painted any of okay. them. I wouldn't know either because I t- I took them off of their uh, like sheets. What do you want to call them? Uh, their sprues. Sprues. Yeah, sprues. Thank you. The, the sprues. And I took them. I threw them into a cup. And they go on the bases of my clones because I... <sighs> <laughs> all right, all right, you know what? I'm not kidding when I say the bane of my existence. I have hated B1 battle droids since I was probably like, uh, when it fa- uh, Phantom Mass came out in 99, so it would have been eight years old. Attack of the Clones would have been 2002, so I was 11 years old when Attack of the Clones came out. And Attack of the Clones is like the first movie I saw by myself. Like, I, I went with a buddy from school. My parents, like, a parent dropped me off. I went in with Jedi robes and everything. Uh, so I was always, I've always been a, a Republic guy. Uh, I've hated battle droids for many, many, many years, many years of my life, um, which maybe translates to my hatred of them in Legion um, for a multitude of reasons. One, though, those spindly bastards sit in a cup and they go on my bases of the clones and my clones just step on them. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't I know, bet. Kyle. I wouldn't know. Well, I mean, did you have a good time painting those appendages that are that are on your bases? I mean, all I really did was just throw some like uh, it's one of the contrast paints on it. And yeah, just, see, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. That's my point. Like, yeah. it's they are um, they're spindly. They have a lot of hard edges and recesses on the and models. Two part heads. The two, yes, they do have two part. They are painted to put together um, compared to other Legion models, not compared to like GW models. Aren't they um, three part heads? No, it's two. two. Okay. And we did, it, yeah. So we actually asked this question of Corey Devore, who is on the uh, FFG sculpting team, um, now the AMG sculpting team, and uh, he explained in detail why the heads are in two parts. Um, but the short version is because they couldn't, like the way that you know, when you when you mold a sprue, like you essentially have two halves, right, and they smash together, um, and then plastic gets injected in there, and uh, yeah, basically you can't have detail like on the sides because they, you know, they smash like this, right? So um, to get the detail that they wanted on the heads, they needed to be two parts, basically. So they're not that bad. Nah, anyway, well, Mike and I wouldn't know because we step on them. Yeah. Anyway, well, after I mean, you, but that's not fair. My B ones are assembled. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, they Mike, Mike, break them apart and put them on your clone bases. Do it. Absolutely not. It took me way too long to put them together. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> don't do that. Uh, but yeah, they lend themselves to quick painting techniques like contrast paints, like using washes and dry brushing and stuff yeah. like that, just because um, they are so spindly and have those hard edges. And they look perfectly solid when you do those super easy things. So paint in the butt to paint, easy to assemble. Other way around, sorry. Paint in the butt to assemble, easy to paint. Uh, B2s are the same, especially if you do metallics with them. That's super easy. A lot easier. The B2s are a lot easier to assemble though than the B1s are. Um, anyway, yeah, quick little. I um, part of the reason I picked droids 
as a faction to collect was because I really wanted to paint them. So really, seriously. Oh, stop making it up. Mr. Efficiency over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, the reason I got droids was to paint them. I have no time to do anything ever. Get the so heck the, thing, the reason I picked up these droids was so that I could hobby and paint them. Not I, that they were super good on the tables. <laughs> I actually recall the first time you and I, you and I played clones and droids. We essentially like were ambivalent on either, and we just kind of ended up with one and the other. Um, That's fair. And then it evolved from there. That's fair. Yeah, so, I mean. But you know what? As much as you're like trying to like beat around this bush, just just can you just please say it to Mike and I's face that you know what we mean deep down is that droids play to exactly how you play miniatures games, Kyle. Just just admit to it. Just admit it. It's accurate. Yeah, okay, you're right. That's all right. That's what we need. Yeah, they are uh, defensive. They are um, robotic. <laughs> No, and I like all the bad guys on on separatists. Uh, Dooku's awesome, Maul's awesome, Grievous really is whatever. Guys, if you think about it, yeah, right. You know, depending on which you're, what you're, depending on your point of view. Um, they were they were basically the Rebel Alliance before yeah. the Rebel Alliance. You know, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's almost the same. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm following that line of thought but we'll save that for another day <laughs> yeah this is a tactic section which i've already taken us on a long tangent from so let's talk about b1s first since there are the there's only two units to talk about so this will probably be slightly shorter than other, other core unit sections but i don't know both of these are good yep <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true good. and most of their upgrades are also very good um so yeah let's talk about b1s first Sure. All right. First question: Naked or heavy weapons? Depends on it. Depends on your play style. It depends on what you're trying to make up on a list. Uh, personally, I would probably bring the E5C if I was playing droids. Um, Mike and I were talking about this before the cast. That like, if you're if you're running an E5C, it's basically like a souped-up Rebel Trooper unit that doesn't lose their dice on the front end they lose them on the back end because the, bl- the, the black dice on the heavy weapon rather than the black dice on the regular bodies you know like a z6 rebel trooper unit when you start losing rebel troopers you're losing significant dice value where it's the opposite of droids you start losing droids you're losing white dice you're still maintaining your you know quote-unquote better dice um and it you know feels a little bit better i mean think about think about droids and the reason why it's so it depends on how you play and what list you're bringing is B1s come with six bodies as a base. They are efficient, whether you bring them with a heavy weapon or not, uh, essentially, right? Like they are still really good, even when they are naked. Um, I've bashed naked rebel troopers many times because one, they cost a little bit more points and they bring less bodies. Um, you know, I would never bash B1 battle droids in the sense of the game. I hate them, mind you, but I think that they arguably might be like, the best core in the game other than like phase twos maybe um but i mean that's a tough decision i, I think what b win what b1s bring bring to the table for the separatists is really really strong and that's for their cost for their cost um like it's hard to argue their efficiency and cost and things like that and um there's just a lot of ways you could bring them i you know i i think that like you know looking at their heavy weapons like 
I would say that the E5C is what I would bring the most. E5S, I would probably bring like one or two sprinkled in. Uh, I know that there is, you know, with the Rocket, the E60R, there's some, you know, play in there with HQ Uplink, which you don't really need HQ Uplink as much as you used to now with Direct, which is a whole nother story. Um, and I don't think you ever bring the Radiation Cannon in a competitive setting, uh, personally. Um, but there's options there. The op that, that's really what it boils down to. I just think B1s, you see B1s, there's options. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, I personally think naked B1s are pretty bad. Um, you know, I, I don't think the um, separatists have to do the naked thing the way the rebels had to, to like d employ those strategies, um, which are like high activation sledgehammer units at the end like they can take heavy weapons and still do that so i sort of am on team take the heavy weapon i think you're right it's the e5c the, what, whichever one is the triple black gun that's 18 points um it's tough to beat a 56 point core unit with a heavy weapon that has seven hit points you know that's uh 54 you went better 54 whatever you know <laughs> they're basically free you know um and so, yeah, I mean, I also think that like um, heavy weapon aside, I also think that there's like a conversation around like the extra dude, you know? Um, I see a lot of droid lists taking extra dudes in all their squads in addition to the heavy weapon, you know? Um, I don't hate that either. I think that's also pretty good. I think uh, on its face like separatist lists are pretty core centric so i think that like skipping out on your core is not the best thing you can be doing um but i but i do see some people like that are doing like double double aat taking a bunch of naked um naked b1s i personally would rather have the heavies and probably only take one aat and you know but that's me you can you can actually run the heavies and take two um you just you can't get like all six yeah and you, yeah. it's 10 activations instead of 11 but you can do it yeah i'm on i'm with mike i'm on team heavies here personally um the e5c is 18 points which is half the cost of another b1 unit but it essentially doubles their offense right six white now crits aside right six white dice is one and a half hits three black dice is one and a half hits on average so you add the E5C and you essentially double their offense for half the cost. So it seems like a no brainer to me at 18 points um, over the naked unit. Granted, um, lots of people run them naked with good success. I'm just, I'm one of those people that whenever I run the naked B1s, I want them to be shooting things and they don't do that very well. I know, I know that that's like a different style of list when you run them. You're running them as just, you know, six man units to swamp objectives basically. Um, that's not generally how I play. So I, I tend to prefer a unit that can engage at range three. Um, there's a lot of discussion around, you know, the various choices of the heavies. Clearly the E5C is like the most generic quote unquote standard choice. The E5S, which is the sniper rifle thing that connects to the guy's face. I don't know why he needs a wire to connect. <laughs> anyway, um, that's the, you know, red, white critical one. The E5C is 
like the short version is clearly it's better at range four because the, I'm sorry, the E5S is better at range four because the E5C can't shoot at range four at all. But red, white, like most of the time, you're just going to get a suppression. Occasionally you're going to crit at range four there. The range three pool, the E5S is slightly better when you don't have a surge token and when you have a full squad. The E5C is better when you have a name token, a surge token, and or uh, you're slightly down on models and you're not shooting in heavy cover. So, um, I feel like V1s don't necessarily want to be aiming and shooting at range four a lot of the times. I feel like they want to be moving and shooting or like getting into yeah. rather than sitting at four and taking pot shots with two dice. Well, and it's pretty common too once you get to three to aim, shoot at three. Um, right. And the reason that it's better with an aim is because you're typically re-rolling black dice instead of re-rolling white dice. So you're getting a little more, more uh, mileage out of your rerolls. Um, that said, you know, the, the 5S, if you're crit fishing, it's better. Um, I don't know, for two more points, I usually just run all E5Cs. And then if you're worried about armor, take the rockets. I know some of the, um, you know, some of like the 13 activation droid lists take like five or six rocket launchers just because, you know, the hardest counter to a list like that is something like ATRT flamers or you know uh, land speeders and the rockets can handle those um, clearly the rockets are not as good against like normal quote unquote normal units because they don't ex uh, or they exhaust um, but yeah I could see a case where you take where you sprinkle in some rockets or you take just all rockets depending on what your list structure is I do feel like the rocket is kind of like what the other um, core exhaustible impact heavy weapons should have been. Totally. Right? No, totally. I don't know. I don't even like this rocket, frankly. Um, <clears throat> sure, but it's way better than like than like the HH-12 or the MPL Ion. Right? Yeah. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, right, it doesn't have cumbersome. It does not have cumbersome. It just that's exhausts. A, that's a major deal. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's relatively cheap. It's 20 points, you know. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, if you're worried about armor, it's fine. But I, most of the time, I take E5Cs. Like ninety percent of the time. Me too. I'm I'm on team. Keep it lean. Keep it mean, and then spend a bunch of points on, you know, things that kill a ton of things like Dooku and you know whatever. That'd be the first time the three of us ever like blanketly agreed on something. E5C. All right, so question. So so before we, you know, just just as kind of like to throw a wrench in Zach's plans here, I actually love the radiation cannon. Ah. Oh, I mean, I think uh, I like it in theory. I think I like it in theory. I think if droids weren't like such a big part of the meta, it'd be amazing. So my issue with that thing is that it's range two. Sure. And B B1s are not an assault unit. But if you but if and you give six units of B1s rad cannons, some of them are gonna make it. You know, and it's it has like, to deal a wound to actually poison. Yeah, whatever. It throws two red dice on top of six white. Like it's not bad. That's better than a stormtrooper with a DLT. Yeah, but if you let's say you let's say all right, first of all, you just like you said, if you're playing against droids, it's useless. If you run up against a red save unit and you throw that and throw that radiation cannon at it and they save everything and they don't take a poison token, you're gonna die. Like, sure. You're going to die. But they're gonna die anyways. They're B1s. That's what they're that's what they're built for, you know? Yeah, but they they die 
They die well, slower hang at on. range three and range four than they do at range two. I, I wanted to spell one myth about V1s. And this goes both whether you're playing droids or whether you're playing against droids. B1s matter. <laughs> oh, yeah. And as much as Mike's want to say that they die, they're resilient. This is they are I resilient. They're not resilient when you catch them out of cover. They die very oh, quickly. No, yeah, of course, of course. Um, I mean, I think but, it depends on like what you're up against, right? Like, I think rebels actually struggle to kill B1s, right? Like, struggle. Traditionally. It depends on what list they're running. If you're like DLTs and stuff, kill them just fine. Um, but yeah, if you're running like a bunch of piercing heroes and stuff, you're going to have trouble. Yeah. Um, lightsabers are terrible against B1s Don't just because the wound me. count is so high. I, uh, we were talking about this the other day, but like, I feel like in every, in every scene where Obi-Wan and or Anakin are killing B1s, which is like a lot of scenes in Clone Wars and, um, you know, the various movies, they need to just add like, like two minutes onto each of those scenes of them like hacking at B1s, you know, maybe like, like wipe their brow like halfway through. Um, like they're far too quick. They just, they just dispatch them and move on. And it's like, no, there's, there's more of them. <laughs> this takes longer. <laughs> We need like a force blast or something that has spray. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, just B1s do, in fact, like they're really important to droid players for them to exist for the game. Like you, you need to preserve your B1 wounds if possible. Um, and your, for your opponents, you need to kill B1s. And that's how you win against droids is you kill B1s. So it's easier than you think. And it's worth more, more of your time than you think. That's the, the short strategy tidbit there for oppo players opposing droids. Um, yeah, I'm with Zach on the rad cannon, though. I, range 2 is just too short for you. I like mostly that. just said that to fight about something. Okay. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and it's also, it's also the most expensive one. It's, what, 22? So it's four more points than an E5C. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. If you can land a hit on that thing on, like, a Force user or you know, a phase two unit or something, you're going to be static, but um, it's, it's know. like one of the things in this game that if it was good, it'd be way too good. Yeah, yeah totally. clearly. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's probably a good thing that it's just, just so, so, uh, but yeah. Run in skirmish, have fun. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> um, uh, what about the personnel upgrades? Are you taking any of the personnel upgrades on B once? I would just take the extra body probably like nine out of 10 times if I were to take uh, personnel. I mean, there's probably merits to bringing medical droids in like a Dooku or like a maybe like a Grievous list. I don't know if you want to bring in a Maul because Maul typically is off on his own. He's too um, far away. Yeah, he's typically too far away. Um, Maul, don't get me wrong. Maul is of the three, Grievous, Dooku, and Maul. He's the one that you like most need to heal. <laughs> Normally. Yeah, no, totally. totally. <laughs> but just he's just never. Just doesn't work for it. He's just never close enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, I probably I don't think you need the Oom. I don't think you need the security droid. I don't think I've ever seen AI attack like actually matter in a game. If I'm being really honest. Oh, I definitely have. <laughs> I, I have too. I mean, I've seen so many droid games. I don't think I've ever seen it like really, really be a yeah. detriment. I mean, I don't think I've seen it happen enough where like you should take the personnel upgrade unless you ignore AI, right? Yeah. But I do think that like, you know, if, if you're able to like kill the unit with the uplink or something like, 
or kill the the, the tactical droid that's directing right directing them or whatever like you have to take out the unit that's supplying the chain to yeah and then it becomes not necessarily a problem but it's something that they have to work around but i've never uh, seen it like really affect something and or enough times to be like i need a b1 security droid in my list yeah no yeah you don't it's yeah. sort of a mistake mitigator is the wrong phrase but um Which is, your... it's weird because it's really only two more points than a b1 extra body so I, I could maybe see the merit in bringing one just because if you have the points, yeah, you know, maybe just take it for insurance, I guess. Um, but typically, I would just go extra B1, and probably that's about it. Like I said, maybe sprinkle a medical droid in, in some list, but I don't know. Five points for an extra B1. I, essentially, for 23 points, you're adding three black die and a white die and two wounds to your B1 unit. Like, it's pretty good. I mean, fifty was it fifty nine points for an eight an eight wound unit, like that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, and I actually I really like the extra guy if you're taking running a unit with the E five S, just because that extra white dice kind of powers the critical on that weapon. Um, but yeah, if you have the points, extra body, it is, you know, I I, f I don't find myself taking the extra body in a lot of lists just because bid is. Bidding is more important, and um, really, it's becoming you know, less and less common to bring the extra guy. I think. Yeah, I think it um, used to be more common, and then some more stuff come, you know, came out, and it's becoming less common. Yeah. I do find it interesting that you left the PK series worker droid off that list, particularly because of how you feel about the AAT repair list. Uh, I mean, well, I don't know. I I feel like. I haven't. I don't even think I've seen AAT lists with them in it because most of the time you don't even. You know, the more you think about, the most of the time you don't even need those extra wounds. Like you, know, you, you can spend those twelve points else. You know, elsewhere, um, or don't spend them all and take like a twenty-four point bid. You know, <laughs> which is kind of easy for droid lists to do. I don't know. I wouldn't say it's easy. Um, Depends on what kind of list you're running. All right, easy, easier for droid lists to do. How's that? That better for if you're running, a, you know, like Maul or Dooku, like I tend to, um, finding those points is difficult. Cry me a river. I know, Mister Clone Player. We'll get we'll get to you next week, um, <laughs> Mister. I, I I'm not sure I have enough points with my twelve point bid. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> Whatever. So yeah, the TLDR <laughs> is take him with the E5C as kind of your default option. Take him naked if you've got like a specific list idea where you want to do that. Um, take the rocket if you're worried about armor. Take the 5S if you want to plink at range four in small quantities. Or if you don't plan on running them with surge tokens. Like if you've got a list and for some reason you're not using aggressive tactics with B1s, um, then the E5S is going to be a better choice you know, just because it kind of supplies that surge on its own. Um, but if you're running aggressive tactics, then the E5C is going to give you more bang for your buck with those surge tokens. I would, I would personally not run B1s with heavies if I was not also running aggressive tactics. Mm. I don't know about that. I've 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 run lists without aggressive tactics with B ones with heavies. They're bad. I mean, 
are really bad. Yeah, I mean, they're like, not good. Uh, I don't know. 54 points. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. It's without aggressive, without search tokens, they're very, they're very lacking, just speaking from experience. Sure. Speaking of free search tokens, should we move on to B2s and then we can kind of talk general core unit strategy with B, with uh, separatists? Sure. Uh, so B2s, how are you running them? Are you running them? Well, I think you already insinuated on how we're going to agree on this, Kyle, <laughs> with your reliable talk. Uh, yeah, I mean, T-Series B2 hot, right? I mean, I don't really see any other way to really run them now with the T-Series out. Um, it's more of uh, how many do you take? It, it, you know, it, do you go all in? Do you just take one or two of them? Um, it just syncs really well, right? You t- this is where AI attack actually really does matter right like on b1s it doesn't really you know as matter as much on b2s the ai on them you know can really hinder them right ai attack um but i mean what is it uh 90 93 points for b2s with the b2 ha and the t series and that's what uh that's a lot that's what's uh that's like what a, a nine wound unit nine wounds yeah yeah with armor one mm-hmm. so so like it's pretty good it's pretty good um kyle i don't i, I know that you'd know more than the boat you know mike and i and how you know running them I, I still think you can sprinkle them in but i do you know there is definitely a you know merit to a skew but uh I, just like just like the rad cannon i probably wouldn't bring the other gun because of the range stipulation uh, and, and I understand that's a little bit strange because B2s want to be at range two, but it's the extra shots that you can take on the way in with the range three that kind of matter here. And blast, right? The blast is the the, bla- the range three blast shot while approaching is much more key than approaching with no shot on the way in, right? I think if they were the same cost this conversation would be a little different. Um, there are, so I have actually run the B2 ACM as like a one of with the extra B2 body, not with the T series. Um, and that combination is 82 points. So it's 11 points cheaper than the, than the HA. The gun doesn't cycle. So at least when they're shooting at range two, you can keep pumping them out, you know, taking an aim action or a move or whatever. And you don't have to worry about not having that pool going on. It's it's good. Like that that is a painful pool. Um there are situations where it's just objectively better than the HA. Like if you can get a range two out of cover shot, uh it's just straight better because the dice are better. Um but yeah, I think mostly like if you're running them in any sort of quantity more than one, uh definitely the B2 HA with the T series, you know, the T series takes away AI attack. Which is actually, people are like, well, why do you care on a range two unit? That's not going to be triggering that often. Um, a good opponent will do things to you like, you know, throw a unit at you where you can only see one model at range two. <laughs> and then you got to waste their ATSD pool on a single model, um, you know, when you trigger AI attack at the onset of their turn. Like, even if stuff, 
is in range, often you want to be move shooting to get a better shot with them anyway. So AI attack is actually potentially pretty bad on B2s. Um, so for that configuration I mentioned, the one with the ACM and the regular uh, you know, generic extra dude, you want to put them in a spot where they can be like at the end of your order chain. So you're still giving them a face up. Um, but yeah, the T-series uh, removes the AI attack, which is great. Um, gives them a surge token from Reliable, also great. And then he throws a red dice at range three, which you can combine with the HA for a three red, one white blast pool at range three, which is also great. So, um, you know, into heavy cover, that's an average of three hits roughly, which is like the same thing as five hits from a regular unit since it has blast, which is short trooper territory. <laughs> so um, granted it exhausts, but it does have cycle. Typically what I do with my B2s is I'll like take that range three shot at slightly less than range three. So next turn I can move into range two, take a range two shot without the heavy. So just the red dice and all the black whites, which is still a decent pool. And then, you know, the, the third turn, then you can take that range two, all the dice with blast, ridiculous, <laughs> super satisfying shot, assuming they're still alive, which is not always the case, but um, yeah. I think you can, you can run one of those, you can run six of them you can run any number in between and I think it's fine. Um, clearly six is expensive because <laughs> you gotta buy, the, you gotta buy the B2s and then you gotta buy the uh, yeah. specialist packs. Um, and you gotta also remember if you're running six, it plays fundamentally completely different than most droid lists because of coordinate. Not being right. Ready. Like you're actually going to your bag. Wow. You are. <laughs> However, it's a, control, it's a control bag probably. I, I feel like, um, so having essentially, I've done, I've run B2 heavy lists recently. Um, it's, I feel like they're more flexible because, you know, one of the downsides of relying on coordinate, like clearly coordinate is a great keyword for B1s, but they all need to be close to each other and they need to be in a line. Um, B2s with the T-series, you can kind of just treat like any other core unit. Like if you want to flank with them, sure, go ahead, you know? Um, if you want to use rapid reinforcements on them, go nuts. Like they don't have to be at any particular spot. You can kind of just use them like any other factions core unit, which I find to be extremely liberating personally. Um, you know, we talked about like AI attack on B1s not really doing much. Um, first of all, I've seen it trigger in ways that are like absolutely devastating to someone's win chance at critical times. But even when it doesn't trigger, it's still restricting your actions in that you you know you have to keep all your dudes close to each other which is not always easy especially on maps that have like line of sight blockers that are wider than six inches you know you can't move around both sides of that line of sight blocker with your line um unless you somehow get on top of it with the b1 unit so you know it's stuff like that um and i find it to be very liberating on the b2s to just be able to ignore that sort of positioning restriction but yeah and i, I assume Again, this is an assumption. I've never played droids, right? But I assume that having all face-ups has its upsides, but a downside is that you kind of have to choose the right order to activate them, and sometimes that might not be the easiest decision. And whereas pulling from the bag, you have more of a... I don't, it's, not as, it's not as easy, mind you, right? It's, you still have to choose the right unit to activate at the right time, right? But it's not as like... Well, if I activate this face-up unit, let's just go with that. And like it's like a turn late, like you know, like a like a turn, 
not a turn, but like, you know, a few activations later, you're like, oh, I, put, I wish I went with that B1 unit later than I did. Sometimes that might not be as detrimental on a B2 system because like, like you said, they're kind of in different spots rather than bunched up and, and like the way that they're moving across the board is a lot differently than how it is in like a B1 horde. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly it's like objectively better to just be able to choose which unit what you want to activate. But I see your point in that sometimes you get a little bit of analysis paralysis when your entire army's face up. Um, because you're like, I could do literally anything. I could activate any unit. Uh, which one do I want to activate? <laughs> Whereas, you know, normally it's kind of a nice mental crutch to just kind of go to your bag and pull a token and see what it is. And then once you've seen what it is, you're like, all right, what's what's the most important thing I can do with a special forces unit right now? Yeah, you, anal um, you analyze everything rather than pre-analyzing everything because you have tokens on the board. Yeah. Um, like clearly it's better to just have perfect order control, but I see what you mean. In of that course, from, of course. From, yeah, from, no. a, from a mental load perspective, um, it's nice to just sometimes, you know, be able to go to your bag and kind of have the decision made for you. Um, I will say that's like one of the things that I like <clears throat> takes some getting used to about like the new clone model mm -hmm. because you've got like six face up order tokens, <laughs> which is like, which is like most of your army and like the bag is generally like your special forces or whatever. So like, you're like, Oh, I have to make real decisions. You know? Yeah. It feels um, weird. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's I a good problem like to have. To the, I like going to the bag personally myself. So. Yeah. In most situations. Plus, then you can say, go into the bag. Yeah, it's a fun <laughs> part of the game for sure. It is. It is. Yeah. And how are you supposed to shuffle your tokens in your fanny pack when you don't have any tokens in your fanny pack? <laughs> that's, the, that's my new fit. Like, clearly, we haven't had an in person tournament in a while. But when we go to one, I'm bringing a fanny pack. This was actually Stabcast's idea. Just use a fanny pack as your token bag and then hip thrust to shuffle your tokens. I need to buy one of them. They have, yeah. they have them for sale. I need to get one of those. I think that's Yikes. a hilarious idea. Um, <laughs> anyway, might get like a warning for unsportsmanlike conduct or something. Maybe. <laughs> you could put it on the back and like twerk instead of hip thrusting. Um, all right. Anyway, we're way off topic. Uh, <laughs> that's accurate. Are there any <laughs> other upgrades on your B2s that you're considering? I guess so. Here's a question: Would you run them without any personnel upgrades? No. I don't know. I so hold up. You say no, but like, uh, hold up. I've been just kind of like chilling on Legion HQ building list. Um, it's forty-five points for a naked unit. That's what you want to have. Sure, but like, he's not saying without a heavy, right? You're just talking without a personnel without a personnel slot. upgrade. No, oh, like like just that, like just a heavy weapon. I would take what just a heavy weapon. Yeah, yeah I mean for it 60, 69 points for the ACM, like whatever. Yeah. I don't think that's terrible. I do yeah, think no. you take the range two gun instead of the range three gun, probably. Yeah, I agree. If you're not taking a personnel, you take the two. Because because you're going all in on the two anyways. You're you're going all in on the two, but you also like don't really want to trigger AI. Like you're not going to trigger AI when you don't want to more often if you take the two right yeah so. and you typically will probably if you're bringing a set of b2s with just the heavy weapon you're either you're going to do a couple things you're either going to use them as a linebacker unit or you're going to use them with like a, a that like a unit that moves up with like a force user right and like backs them up 
right? Yeah. Is how, in which essentially is a linebacker unit in, in a sense. But I mean, there's still like an eight wound unit that has armor one, you yeah, know, for under 70 points. Like, that's yeah. still really good, you know. Um, we're like <clears throat> sort of in like Wookiee's territory at that point, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. I have I have personally found the version that you're describing the the ACM only a little lacking. Um, now, granted, it's under seventy points, which is good. Yeah. But I just the ACM really needs those extra dice to kind of support the shot at range too, and um, I just I find it lacking in beef. <laughs> if that makes yeah, sense. I can see that. And thirteen points for you know, two extra wounds and two extra dice to me is like a no-brainer. Um, like, if I'm going to run a 69-point B2 ACM, I'd rather just cut 15 more points off of that and run a B1E5C. I don't know. It's, you know, the B1E5C is seven wounds, and the the B2 without the extra dude is eight. Like, it's one more wound. Granted, it's got armor one, but it's also only range two, so... Yeah. I think there's um, merits to most configurations. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like I said earlier, droids have options. Like, there's tons of options. Mm-hmm. There. Really. I mean, it's probably the most versatile set of core units in the game, right? It is probably what I think. Are you... I don't know if I'd go that far. Um, really? Are you ever taking the... Um, the medical droid, the worker droid, or the recon droid on B twos? No. I, I mean, I think that's an obvious answer. I just want to, like, technically, you're allowed to, so I wanted to put that out there. No, I just like it. It doesn't make a ton of sense at all. Mm-mm. Right, their cost is the same. They're only one wound. Um, they can perform their job just as easily in a B one unit. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm with you on all on all counts there. I know people have mentioned the the Viper droid because it's range two, but um, it's one wound. The dice are worse than an extra B2 body, and you never have the action to observe anyway. So. Yeah, that seems like a, it's like a unit that's trying to do too much. Well, so here's – so minor aside, but we're talking about separatist coordinates, so it's mm-hmm. sort of relevant. Like, I don't really know when you take the Viper recon droid. Like, observe two – most of the time is it does one of two things it either is the equivalent of giving yourself a name token or it's the equivalent of giving your buddy a name token in which case you could just take like electro binoculars i i don't know i don't think you ever take the viper recon it's such it's it's just a really awkward if it you was know. like observe three, cool freaking like model. like I I could maybe see it because yeah. then it would be at least better than taking the aim action. But but it's like it's like a side grade for more points. I don't know. Uh, and it's range too, so it doesn't do what like it doesn't operate at the range that B ones want to operate at. No, I mean I'm t- I'm talking just like general, like even in a B one yeah. unit, right? Like it's just like I don't know where this goes. You know? Yeah, it's awkward. Yeah, it's awkward. Um, all right. Well, any, so we've talked about like what upgrades to put on them. How do you actually play like a B1 line or a B2 line? You shoot them, they shoot you back, they die, you still live. Uh, 
<laughs> um, you let the other units in your army do the heavy lifting. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, correct me, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, my uh, actual hard hitting analysis, rather than, than what Mike is saying, which is wildly factual, mind you, um, <laughs> is that essentially I think that you want to manipulate the board so that you're going the long way because that leaves you more space to keep your line intact. You don't actually want like battle lines and stuff like that, but you typically want to go like long march, roll out, major offensive, things like that. So you can kind of almost basically make like a U shape rather than a straight line. I think people kind of falter because that you're like, you're thinking, oh, straight line, cross. Yeah, battle lines, fantastic. No, you don't want that because that is easy for you to break the line. You want to keep it in like a, like a, like a semicircle kind of, where you have options and space to do so. And those L-shaped uh, deployments and the longer deployments are much easier for you to do, to do that. And the reason why it's easier to do that on long march, and I know that sounds crazy, right? Long march, battle lines, what's the difference? Well, it is a major difference. Like it is a straight line going across, I get that. But a fatter part of the board versus a longer part of the board is way better for your B1 line to stay intact. Um, personally this goes without saying for honestly most factions i think battle lines is tough to keep any any army together and especially nowadays where you want to keep armies bunched up a little bit more than you used to well, uh, it's but pretty good so if you bring barks <laughs> i wasn't segueing into that but wow that worked out great um but yeah b1s yep. b1s don't want to play the, the short edge they want to play the long edges of the, yep. of the board yeah, that's 100% true. I pretty much in all my droid lists, I run long march, major offensive rollout, and um, hemmed in for that reason. It's just it's easier to keep your dudes together when you're going that direction. Um, there's a, a term that I like to call honeycombing with B1s, which basically means that instead of like a line where you have, you know, one B1 next to another B1 next to another B1, you want to kind of interlock them with cohesion. So that like, you know, on the left, on say the left side of your line, your leftmost B1 is in range of at least two other B1s to their right, if not like three, um, through basically interlocking their cohesion with each other. Because if, you know, one of them gets iced, which happens because they're droids, um, you don't want that to break your lineup. And it, it also just makes it easier to bounce orders. Um, and they also like, yes, they're cheap, but... You know, of all the core heavies, they still have the worst damage output, including worse than a DLT. I know that's hard to believe. Um, now, granted, they're 12 points cheaper. Uh, and but, they live longer. And they live longer. <laughs> well, maybe. Well, maybe they, have, yeah, they have less effective wins than a Stormtrooper unit does when you account for saves. Um, but <laughs> Mike is rolling his eyes. Um, but anyway, my point is they're like individually weak. If you can isolate an opponent's B1s, that's a problem. Um, so that's why you want to go short edge to short edge. You, I kind of think of them like, you know, Greek hoplites, like the shoulder to shoulder, you know, with their shields and spears, B1s kind of operate like that shoulder to shoulder with their, with their guns. Um, I guess so that my, they can, you know, threat saturate. I guess my question to you, Kyle, uh, is do you bring any copies of HQ uplink anymore or does direct just kind of replace that? Um, so the short answer is 
I don't, but I've been running like some combination of B1s and B2s. Okay. Um, and direct, I find, is more than enough for like a group of, you know, two to four B1s. Yeah. Um, I could see a case to still take HQ uplink if you're running like six B1s, just so that if you need to split them up into two separate groups, you can do that. I find particularly on uh, some of these maps, you know, they have like big hills or something that are more than six inches wide and you need to be able to go around both sides of it. And you can't do that if you don't have an HQ uplink or an Umdroid. Um, so uh, yeah, I could see the case for it if you're running all six B1s still, even if you're running it with the T-series. I don't think it's like critical, you know? Like there's a world where you just keep all of them in one giant blob and around your T-series and call it a day. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if that answers your question or not. No, if, no, that's, yeah. If you're not running a T-series, like if you're running a Dooku or Grievous list, you definitely still need one, if not two HQ uplinks amongst your B1s. Um, hard requirement, super mandatory. But yeah, if you're running the T-series, direct is probably going to be enough most of the time. yeah yep um i did i did really like your analogy about the concave it really made me feel like you kind of have to play like separatists like zerg you got to build your like hydralist concave around or the units you're shooting um surface area is important other factions don't care a ton about it because you can kind of jam a ton of units into a small um small area but when you've got like 50 models that's tough yeah it's the struggle is real with b1s as far as space on the table yeah cohesion is <laughs> um, like super important too. yeah you gotta make sure that you really understand the cohesion rules uh because not only do you have more models in your units but you need you know if you've got a seven or eight man unit you need you need four dudes in cover to get a cover bonus so you know, most other factions need two to three. Um, so you really need to understand the cohesion rules and how you can use them to get yourself cover. Um, we've got a good article like about that on the site specifically, uh, but you really need to understand the cohesion rules for B1s. Um, sometimes there's just like not enough cover <laughs> for all 50 of your guys and your dudes are going to get shot in the open, which is real bad because they drop really fast when that happens. So, you know, make sure that you're like extremely acutely aware of how much space your guys are going to take up. You have to not block the movement of other units with your B1s, which is also a thing that happens, <laughs> um, you know, and I'm not just talking about vehicles. I'm just talking about like other trooper units. <laughs> like you got to kind of plan out where all your, why are you giggling there, Zach? Oh, you can't see, you can't see Mike uh, giving you uh tears oh uh, yeah <laughs> i've got so many guys i just can't you know can't fit all of them on the table oh um, man it <laughs> suck to be you yeah it's terrible <laughs> um no the struggle is real <laughs> what can i say uh one other thing rela slightly related to this please give your b1s extremely obvious squad markings like mini by mini squad markings don't just paint a, one little line on the base or you know it, goes with anything, really, it. it does yeah. 
Yeah, it does. But it's especially important for droids because you've got 50 dudes. You have incentives to basically like interlock their cohesion with each other. Um, it is extremely important that both you and your opponent can tell at a glance which model belongs to which unit. You know, paint the base rims if you don't want to mess with your color scheme. Um, I did like a just like a stripe of paint all the way across the shoulders. Um, so it's reasonably obvious from top down from three feet away. Um, but yeah, please droid players do that <laughs> for all your me ones. It will save you and your opponent lots of headaches. I don't think that's like a mandatory tournament thing, but I feel like it should be. It should be. Yeah. And then, yeah. Anyway, we've had that conversation on this cast before, I think, but just a reminder. All right, any more droid thoughts? Not that it's pertinent to this specific discussion. Okay. Yeah, we will have, I'm sure next week when we look at the, we might have a little bit of a scoundrels after dark after we look at the, <laughs> the elims lists next week. A little unfiltered, yeah. Um, but yeah. No more core-related thoughts. All right. Well, we are the Notorious Scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm Mike. I'm Anakin Skywalker, but instead of hating sand, I hate B1 droids. <laughs> Stay fresh, she's back. Right.